everybody, this is Kevin Jennings with the Launch University team. And before you jump into this week's episode, I want to let you know about a special event that we're doing this month. Next Friday, March the 16th, we are partnering with Rome. Yes, the awesome co-working space and meeting space you just learned about in episode 64 to put on an event called Elevator Pitch Live. Now, if you've been following along with us for a minute, you know that we believe that great ideas do not sell themselves. That's just the unfortunate reality that we as launchers have to face. The truth is how we communicate our ideas has the potential to make or break people's reception of that idea. Because people can't buy into something they don't understand. And we believe that bad communication can be the graveyard of our ideas. But when you combine a great idea with great communication, you gain momentum. So to do that, we're partnering with Rome to do this event called Elevator Pitch Live, where we're actually going to allow you, if you were there, um, to actually have the opportunity to pitch in front of an audience. Now, that might sound a little bit scary, but you're not being evaluated in that way. We're actually going to be doing live coaching to actually allow other people to benefit from your bravery. Also, give you real-time feedback about how you can improve your pitch. And who knows, someone in that room might need what you have to offer. So if you're in the Atlanta area or traveling through the Atlanta area on Friday, March the 16th, we'd love to have you at the event. So if you love to learn more about the event and how you can attend, visit launchuniversity.com forward slash podcast and go to this week's show notes. We're going to have a link in there. You can go directly to the registration page for the event. Now, I want to let you know it is $10, but breakfast will be included with your purchase. And trust me, you and your idea are worth the investment. We hope to see you there. Now, on with this week's episode. Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Kevin Jennings. Welcome to the Launch University Podcast. My name is Kevin Jennings, and I'm here today with David Farmer and Jeff Henderson. Hey, guys. How's it going? Kevin, good to be here. Doing good. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing great, man. We're missing somebody. We are. We are shameless. And uh, right now, <laughs> so David, you said Shane's doing something pretty awesome right now. Where is he at? I think he is out on the West Coast, actually, um, with Pat Lencioni, and they're doing some work with Chick-fil-A operators together. So I can't wait to hear how that goes and hear what kind of stories he can share from his time with Pat. Now, for those who don't know who that is... Um, Pat Lencioni is an author um, and a consultant. His company called The Table Group works with leaders and organizations about culture, leadership. I mean, well, I mean let's just start there. What's your favorite Pat Lencioni book, Jeff? Death by Meeting. Wow. Death by Meeting. So he gives three ways to, to have more effective meetings. And uh, shout out to Rick Packer who goes to Gwinnett Church, and Rick's on Pat's team. So that Death by Meeting would be my favorite. Who are you, David? I think the advantage, you know, maybe Pat's best known for the five dysfunctions of teams, but the advantage came later and encompasses a lot of that content and ties a lot of it together, and it's it's very actionable. So if, if you've got a an organization or you're, or you're part of a team and you're trying to figure out how you want to take it to a significantly higher level, it's a great book. And Pat often uses parables to help bring principles to life by uh, telling he's take the principles and he wraps them around great stories yeah five dysfunctions is the one for me as well um actually P uh, pat's writing style is the i mean it really influenced me a lot in general just thinking about how my vision just 
side rant here. My vision for all the organizations that I, I lead or work with is to develop a employee handbook that's made of purely parables. I feel like that's when when you write down these kind of you know, whatever your visions or your values are and it's just words. I think sometimes it's really hard to understand how they show up. And after our reading, that's like, yeah, that's the approach I want to write. I want to see if I can try to turn every value into stories that future team members can come and read and say, OK, so that's how this actually looks in reality. But uh, well, Shane, we're happy you're out there. We miss you. Um, but we are glad you're um, having a great time out there on the West Coast. I think the week before he was out at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, which I've never been to that, but um, it apparently is massive and you can almost see into the future because all the new G-Wiz gadgets are on display. So he's got to have some great stories to share with us when he gets back. And he eats that kind of stuff up. And I feel like that's, that's the story of Shane recently. It's just been, I'm going to go live some, have some cool experiences and come back and be on the podcast about it. And so the Iron Man, then we'll have uh, Consumer Electronics and we'll also have time with Pat. So Shane, hope you're taking good notes, buddy. If he ever comes back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as cold as it is right now. But um, but hey, we are happy you're here with us today. For those who are our first time listeners, let me just give you a quick rundown of what the podcast is all about. On this podcast, we spend our time talking to go-getters like you. People who are entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, uh, maybe nonprofit leaders, maybe just aspiring professionals who want to improve uh, their careers. And they're thinking about how they go about launching the ideas that they have in their head things that they want to do that move their organization forward, their business forward. And oftentimes what that leads to is just you not knowing what you need to get from where you are to where you want to go. And this podcast is all about giving you the information, practices, principles, ideas to help you gain traction because we believe that you can become a difference maker and that you're, if your idea is off the ground and we want to play a role in that, we want to help you launch your idea, launch yourself into the future. And that means turning good intentions into reality and sustaining them. And so today we're talking about the idea of what is a personal brand. And because at the end of the day, one thing I've heard Jeff say multiple times that I always think about now, and that is we are often asking ourselves if people believe in our idea when they're asking themselves if they can believe in us. And I think that principle, if you're willing to let that soak in and wash over you for just one moment, I'm sure you can think of a time when you we're on the other end of someone trying to convince you of something and you just couldn't get past something that you couldn't even articulate at times. It's like, I just I just can't go all in on this idea. And we want you, don't have it happen to yourself. You know, you understand what that's like. And so we believe that that can happen. So David has actually done, I mean, he's kind of our resident personal brand expert. I mean, we just kind of dubbed him, whether he liked it or not. <laughs> um, and so David, we'd love to have you kind of start with that. Like help us understand why this even matters. Well, let me just first of all say, I think we've all had the privilege of being associated with great brands, whether uh, they're business brands or brands in uh, the nonprofit or even ministry realms. And so we've all learned from that. And so uh, I've had the privilege, Shane has as well. Jeff, you were part of the Chick-fil-A family for a stretch. We've seen a brand grow up, you know, starting with our founder, Truett Cathy, who worked so hard to build a very local brand that then became a regional brand and is now uh, more of a national brand. And we've, we've seen the maturation of that process. Along the way, um, as we've worked with other marketers, we've learned a lot about branding. So I, th I think the idea that we bring here is, you know what? It applies to us personally as well. 
And I just got to say up front, um, that can be off-putting at times to us. We that may feel, ooh, that I don't, I'm not commercialized. I, that I'm that's superficial. I I don't think I have a brand. Well, the reality is, you do, whether you realize it or not, whether you want one or not, whether you know what it is or not. You have a brand, and so I think that's the idea that we want to introduce and begin to unpack so that if it's true, we can use it to our advantage. Because I go back to the example you shared where maybe we can get in the way of our idea. I think the opposite is we can actually strengthen the idea if uh, our personal brand is strong and in alignment with the idea or the product that we're trying to represent. And I remember David first telling me this, and there is this a little bit of resistance, like, no, 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 I don't want that necessarily to be true, but it is true. And if, if you're struggling a little bit with this phrase, personal brand, maybe another way to think of this is you bring an emotional climate with you wherever you go. So when you walk into the room, that climate <laughs> it follows you. And when you leave the room, there's an emotional climate as well. And so this personal brand, it's not, we're not saying it's some big ego thing. We're just saying, what is the brand when people think of David or Kevin or Shane or Mary or whoever? What is that? What is, what do they say about you? And it's really important because if it's negative, there's typically a lid over your development. I've got to add, uh, Jeff, you know, Jeff launched a church just a couple of years ago in one of the northern suburbs of Atlanta, Gwinnett. And you did what is probably not often done in church world. You created a whole branding campaign around it, had to kind of convince your organization that that was an effort that was worthy. And the whole brand campaign was tied to the community. And in fact, I don't know if you want to, I know we're not probably going to go super deep on it, but I think the whole idea for Gwinnett, you might want to explain that real quick. And before you ever had a building, you were creating enormous buzz, interest, and even support for this new church that was popping up. So it's, it's, I think it's a great case study of how branding applies in areas where we may not have historically thought it it, it, it had a place. Right. And uh, conversely, too, I think with Chick-fil-A, the, the, the thing that the cows brought is humor and fun, whereas Probably before the cows, Chick-fil-A was thought of as a, as a wonderful company, and they're kind of buttoned up. But now there was this levity that came to it, and that added to the personal yeah. brand of a, of a company, if you will. For the church, we wanted to be known more for what we're for rather than what we're against. And that created a, a culture for us that we wanted to lean more in terms of for. We want something for you, not something from you. And that really has impacted our culture for sure. Yeah, because I know that created huge uh, momentum in the community around the church, not only uh, when you launch, but even uh, it continues to sustain uh, the the church uh, several years down the road now. Right, right. And again, that's that's about what do you want to be known for? And that's a question I, I learned from Chick-fil-A. Any organization needs to ask the question, what do we want to be, want to be known for? What we want to talk about in this podcast is what do you want to be known for personally? And yeah. how does that impact the ideas and impact you. But ultimately, to David's point, this isn't a self-centered ego thing. It is tied directly to trying to get your idea out there because as Kevin said earlier, you can have all the wonderful ideas, but if people are looking at you internally shaking their heads going, I don't believe in her, your idea is going to get stalled. You know, and what I love about that um, question about what you want to be known for is really because there's a, I mean, there are a lot of people who have you take issue with the idea of being called a brand. I actually saw an article recently from an old colleague of mine, and he went on a rant 
just about how much he hated the idea of I'm a, I'm a person and I need freedom to evolve. And and, 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 a, and a lot of the points he was getting at were true because we live in a world where people are curating an image on social media and through blogs and, you know, their online personalities. And it is very easy to, to lock yourself in something that's not authentic, that's not real, and to monetize a, a facade. And so I think we can relate to that. So I would love to just kind of unpack the idea of for our listeners, what is a brand and why Why would I want to be mindful of a personal brand? I think uh, a simple way to think about a brand, it's a form of a promise. What are you all about? What can folks count on from you? What do you ultimately want to be known for? And I think in that sense, brands are helpful. They help us sort through options. They help us make uh, associations. Uh, so it's a, a brand can be a great um, decision-making aid. And so if that's going to be the case, I think it's it's very helpful for us. It's helpful for our listeners to think what I want that to be and, and what really is true about me so that I can make the kind of connections and, and help others make the sort of association with me that they might want to make. Yeah, I, think I mean, my grandma would call it a reputation, right? Yep. I mean, and just say, hey, right. you know, so hey, and I, I think it's very clear um, for those who you know whether you're a believer or not. I mean, the Bible has some great advice about this, right? Proverbs twenty two one: A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. There you go, right? And so I, I think we all understand this inherently. And I think about the fact that so if you take away some just classic wisdom, and then just think about our society today. I mean, I, I mean, I'm a marketing strategist for a living. That's what I get paid to do, and the reality of it is we are in an age of consumerism people purchase products and services because it tells a story about who they are as much as someone may want to pay tithe to a church because of what their beliefs and convictions are they also like what it says about themselves to themselves that i'm committed to this mission enough to give of my family's income off the top that means something to me on a personal level and what it says about what I believe. Well, same thing goes for Tesla and why somebody drives Tesla and what it means for them and how they value luxury and might care for the environment, right? That they can do both and I can still do this with how I spend my money. They're doing the same thing with you. What does being associated with you say about me? And I think that's a big part that people are inherently asking that question, even if they don't know they're asking it. Because they, because in our world, what we do says something about who we are and what we stand for. And unfortunately, if you're not mindful of your reputation, personal brand, someone may be avoiding you because of what it will signal to everyone else about the association. I just got a text, which I think illustrates this, uh, from my son Cole. He's 16. He's a sophomore in high school. And he's been telling me recently that Johnny Menzel, who was the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, um, was in the NFL for a couple of years, is trying to make a comeback. And along with his comeback, he's now he wanted to create a clothing line with the comeback theme. And I, Cole just texted me and said, Johnny Menzel is dropping the comeback clothing line. And that to me means somebody pulled alongside of Johnny and said, I don't know if having a clothing line around comeback is really going to help your personal brand right now, which I think is smart. The other question I have is why is Cole texting me in school about Johnny Manziel? But that's a whole other, that's, that's a, that's a whole other thing. Uh, but it was called Money Manziel, and if you get you get a free signed poster. And this isn't a criticism about Johnny Manziel, but the point is is that somebody pulled alongside and they had a personal brand conversation and ultimately said, I don't know if this is good for your personal brand. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and, and I think we 
The cool part about this is we do understand it inherently. And I think what I love about the idea of personal brand is the idea that it can be a little bit more all-encompassing as a concept to help you understand you know, what you're bringing into a room, what you're bringing into an environment. Um, can I give you a metaphor? Yeah, jump in there. Okay, so uh, we have lots of traffic here in Atlanta, and so you get moments to just stop and look around at the other cars around you as you sit at a traffic light often. You ever notice the little stickers people put on their car? I think it's fascinating. So you have some people, they're very comfortable with who they are, and they sometimes use their cars uh, to, to illustrate that. So they might put an Apple uh, decal on their car or a Star Wars decal on their car or a zombie apocalypse decal <laughs> or if you're a football fan you know your favorite football team uh, my kid is an honor student or whatever and and so you can learn a little bit about people just sort of looking at the stickers they put put on their car well what we don't realize is we've got stickers on us that's so good now, so good we may not have put them there you ever had somebody put a sticker on your back and it's a joke and you don't know it's there and everybody else, but everybody else knows it's there? Well, other people see the stickers. We don't know what's on the stickers sometimes because we're not paying attention, but we've got stickers and we, we need to figure out what those stickers are. Think about what they ought to be. Drop the mic moment. I feel like that analogy is so strong. I've, I think I've never understood personal branding that clearly before, but that, yeah, that does it. So I would love to maybe unpack the idea of what are the core elements of a personal brand? If, I, if you've convinced me that I need to be mindful of it, what do, where do I start? Well, Jeff has shared a phrase that I love, um, and I think of it all the time. It's, what's it like to be on the other side of me? I don't, what's this, how did you come up with that, Jeff? Where did that come from? Well, we, we did a series called uh, Climate Change, and it was about this whole, you know, you've got a climate, but you don't know what your climate is until somebody uh, um, tells you that. And then uh, Henry Cloud was talking about this, and so Henry's done, has done a lot of great work on all of that. And so um, I just began to think, oh, that's, that's, a, that's a good question. And so I began to ask that question. And you get you get three pieces of information. You get some encouraging information because people will probably tell you something good. You're going to get some surprising information that you didn't know, which is really why this is so important. And then number three, you're going to get your feelings hurt. You're definitely going to get your feelings hurt. Mm. And I know that you've had, you know, if, if you ever have the chance to work with or for David, it's awesome because David's going to be honest with you. And I know you've had some conversations with people that you've said, hey, we can go there if you want to, but I'm going to go there and have some conversations about your personal brand because I want you to succeed. Yeah. And what you're doing is you you may not know what it's like to be on the other side of you in terms of your personal brand. And it's it's all a blind spot for us. Yeah. Now, the challenge is we don't have to ask that question, but the reality is the information is still there. Yeah. We just haven't had the courage to go find it. So you take that idea, what's it like to be on the other side of me? Think about how do you show up? And you can break that down into, into things like um, your attitude, the energy that you bring into a conversation or a meeting or an event, your behavior, your personality, uh, your appearance. Um, and appearance can be everything from apparel that you're wearing is it appropriate for the situation what's it say about you because you know it, clothes are like stickers right they say things about us uh, body language 
body language can say a lot about you. So we can bust it up into these little elements, but I think that those are the examples of things that um, collectively uh, go to form our, our personal brands. You know, that's encouraging because I think a lot of folks who've heard this concept before, um, it's probably been a t- probably been connected to two one or two things: either their apparel, their you know their clothes, or is connected to some kind of notoriety. Like, oh yeah, man, that guy's a big that guy's a, a popular personal brand, a big personal brand, and it's more connected to something that has to do with, like I said, more notoriety than it does a a intentionality about managing your, your reputation and what you stand for. And I think that's I think that's a, so it's liberating to hear it be communicated in in elements that I can control. Yes, I'll, I'll give you an example of that is uh, showing up for meetings on time or are you always late? That's it. That that's following your 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 brand. And we we did a blog recently that said uh, one of the best ways you can improve your personal brand is to show up 5 minutes early for a meeting. That doesn't cost any money. And you're good at that, and I don't think I am. So you know, I, I know I'm, I'm convicted the same way. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm always the guy who's a little bit late. But, and, yeah. but, when, but to your point, that doesn't change the reality. Saying that that's something that I have owned. That I need to work on. Actually, one of the things for my list this year was to to communicate more respect for other people's time. I mean, I've canceled more meetings recently just by saying I'm not ready yet, so we're not having the meeting. I refuse to let you show up to this meeting. And me waste your time because like, I don't really I mean at the end of the day, I, yeah, we might, you know, figure it out in the meeting, but that's not what the meeting was designed to do. It was to recap, or present something, not for me to actually work through the idea with you in real time. Yeah. And, and, and the, the reason I wanted to give that example, you know, this doesn't mean that you have to have, hire a personal stylist or anything. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But it's if you show up five minutes early for a meeting consistently, that just says something for your personal brand. I agree. And one of the things that's also really encouraging is when you look at these elements, they create a overall score for you, right? I mean, like I said, people kind of say, I want to engage David. And David could say, hey, I'm not always early for meetings. But there are other things that even think about the entire score, right? Okay, well, what about appearance? What about attitude? What about energy? What about behavior? And you say, well, hey, collectively, this person has a really strong personal brand. I like working with them. It's a, it's a pleasure to be on the other side of that person. And I know being associated with them is positive for me. And so I think that we can all think about that. I mean, I, when anyone who knows me knows energy is probably the thing I'm going to probably naturally most bring to any situation because I'm always kind of on level 10. Um, and so one of the things, so I think my question for all of us, I mean, who are listening, I'm sure right now I have the same question for the two of you. And that is, you know, can we kind of work through some of these uh, elements and think about some, just some tips for each of them. So Dave, we'll start with you. What about appearance, especially since that's probably where people are already kind of heading mentally. Yeah. I I think it's always important to think uh, mostly about the people that you're going to interact with. It may be an audience. It may be coworkers. It may be the people that you're going to serve. And how do you dress for them versus just dress for you? Right. Um, Who's the hero in this uh, relationship? And if it's them, that's going to color how you dress. And so you want to be appropriate. You can be overdressed. You can be underdressed. You can look sloppy. Jeff, I know you like to share the story about uh, as you communicate at church, uh, you said I challenged you. I don't know if you want to mention that. That's Absolutely. I've never forgotten it where you said, you know, my concern when I look at church world and pastors is a lot of times pastors just look sloppy. 
and they are communicating to business professionals who sometimes don't have that luxury to just look sloppy when they're when they go into work. And uh, I thought, you know what, I want to, I want to, I want to take that to heart and be careful. Now, I wouldn't show up in a tuxedo. Yeah. That would be overdressed. Yeah. I mean, we're not trying to, you can become a peacock here, right? Right. Absolutely. No yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the, there's the complete opposite end of that. Yeah. But then I thought, you know what, I am talking to a lot of business professionals. And uh, so that was a great, great challenge for me. How do you make your audience feel comfortable? Uh, how, you know, what you wear can be disarming. Uh, if you practically, I would tell you one of the things I learned from Sid Mashburn, who has been one of our podcast guests, one of the early podcast guests mm-hmm. for Launch University, phenomenal designer and retailer uh, based here in Atlanta. You can go check him out at SidMashburn.com. But one of the little concepts he taught is there's always one star in the show. And he applies that to what we wear. Right. And he says, something you're wearing is going to be the star in that ensemble. Well, we only need one star. Everything else has to kind of you got to tone it down. It's playing a supporting role. So that's that's a helpful idea. Some people go, I'm not really good at picking out what to wear. I need somebody to help me. Well, just think what's what's going to be the the, the featured um, piece of clothing you're going to wear, and keep everything else super simple. I do that sometimes by just get basic shirts. You know, get a blue shirt, get a white shirt, whatever, and then you can dress your outfit up if you want a little more pop through a jacket or something else. Now, it may be different for you, but those are simple ways to to, to, to take it and apply it to appearance. That's helpful. When it comes to uh, energy, attitude, is there anything that you either one of you think about that you said, hey, if I was going to start trying to be more mindful in this particular area or, or managing that particular element of my personal brand, what you might do? I would say smile more if, if the environment not that you have to be smiling the whole entire time, but Andy Andrews, who's a great communicator and author, he, he says one of the ways he coaches communicators is they need to smile more. And I know in the Chick-fil-A world, we, when the customer comes up, we want the, the employer team member to be smiling. The reason is, is there's a natural human reaction when you smile. They smile back. And so I, I've, I've told our kids, if you'll watch particularly preachers on television and, turn, and mute them and turn the volume off, they look really, really angry sharing some incredible news so i would be careful that you know you're just not always furrow brow and you know you don't have to be totally smiling all the time but smiling is really important for your brand i would give this tip this is kind of an emotional intelligence tip read the person you're talking with or the the room if you're in a, in a meeting as an example gauge like on a scale of one to ten where are the folks right now let's say there are seven Come in a touch above that. Come in at an eight. But if there are seven, maybe you don't want to be a 10. That may be overdoing it a little bit. By the same token, you don't want to come in and drag the energy of the room down by coming in as a four. But if, if, if you're really sophisticated at this, you may not always show up at the same level. You want to show up at just at or maybe slightly above the rest of the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And uh, the other thing I would do is to pay attention to how much you talk about or just how much you talk. And, uh, you know, Shane has really coached us in terms of being better listeners. And he does a great job of saying, so what I hear you saying is, and people want to be heard. And I would be careful that we're not talking too much. So ask good questions, be a better listener which is a huge personal brand opportunity. Isn't that cool that the idea that building your personal brand could actually be 
through the opportunity of you listening and serving other people more often. And I think that's really um, something that I think that, that we had Van uh, Beard on one of the early podcasts from Launch University, and he talked about this idea of relational equity. Saying that can translate to social media, saying yep. spending, you know, spending 60% of all of your social media posts, elevating and talking about other people in a positive way right. and what that can do for your personal brand. And, and, and it's done wonders for his business in a measurable way, but also a lot for him offline with relationships by just using the channels he has to say, how can I be openly for other people um, as I go through my work? And I'm sure that shows me your behavior as well as you're interacting with others. Um, please jump on in. Yeah, I was going to share just a, a brief story from a dinner party that I was at last night. I, I found myself trying to think about these very lessons that both of you are just describing. As, as someone else told a story, I have to tell myself, don't jump in and tell your version of that same story. Um, because a lot of times they'll talk about something, like, oh, yeah, I've done that too, and you want to shift the conversation. Just sit back. Don't do that. Go deeper into them. Lean into them. It goes back to this idea that make them the hero. Don't feel like you always have to come back and take it back to you. But human nature, I probably have a tendency to do that, and I have to resist that and just get comfortable celebrating the other person and taking it back to this topic. I would love for that to be part of my brand that I do that. Yeah, I think we want people to say, wow, I think they're more interested in other people than they are themselves. That's mm-hmm. huge. Yep. One of the components of a personal brand uh, personality. And um, I think one thing that just really stands out to me about personality is the fact that it is what it is, right? I mean, we're, you know, this, this conversation isn't designed to make you feel like anything is wrong with you as you are. However, the best part about a personality is that there are natural organic strengths that you've been given. And there's some organic weaknesses or some blind spots that you might naturally have. And I think a big part of having a strong personal brand is just being aware of them. So that you can lean in and say, this is a moment when I know I can add value to the person across the table from me. And this is a moment when I really can't and I need to refer them to someone who can. And I think that that's a big part of how you can say, hey, hey, my, my personality, I'm a talker and I'm, and I'm, I'm naturally boisterous. This is a moment that is requ- requires a certain level of reservation. Maybe I don't need to speak at all. Maybe, yeah. maybe I need to sit back and say, this particular conversation I just need to be present and be quiet. Now, for those who are married, a spouse is a really great way to learn that hard lesson, right? Saying, <laughs> this is the time to say nothing. Absolutely no words, just nod, you know? But I think that that's a big part of it. I want to make sure that's very clear. We talk about personality playing a role. It's being aware so you know when to lean in, when, when to sit back, as opposed to, quote unquote, changing who you are for everyone else. So communication style, I know, is also another part of that. So Jeff, I'll throw it to you. How can people leverage communication when it comes to their personal brand? I, again, I think listening more, asking better questions is really important. I would I would say the one of the bigger personal brand killers is ego and mm. pride. Uh, John Woodall, our friend, says that that God resists the proud, and so do we. So if people see that ego and smell that ego, that's going to be a resistant. And that's I would. Uh, highly recommend we've mentioned this book but ego is the enemy i find myself constantly saying to myself jeff ego is the enemy ego is the enemy so try to stay away from that as as much as possible and one of the ways to do that as david alluded to earlier was the uh i'm going to sit back and not necessarily jump in that doesn't mean we necessarily never talk but 
asking more questions and being more open and letting other people shine would be the key. In terms of communication, um, yeah, I mean, we 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 feel like um, the the best way to communicate an idea is to. Per- you know, build your personal brand. And, and that's why we did the personal brand assessment, which, well, we being David did the personal brand assessment. And I'd love for you to talk about how they can actually ac- access the personal brand assessment. I think you can go to myelevatorpitch.net and you can get the download. We'll give away the personal brand assessment. It's just a PDF tool that explains some of the concepts that we're talking about in this podcast, but also ask you a series of questions, gives you a chance to score yourself. And really what we're trying to do is we're, we're trying to help you think, um, become more, I should say, become more perceptive of your own personal brand. We, you referenced blind spots earlier. Can we eliminate some of those blind spots? Maybe get you to think about something you haven't uh, you haven't really dwelt on before. So be more perceptive. Then think about the brand that you would want to have. You almost shift into design mode a little bit. Right. Say, how should I show up? And this is particularly helpful if you've got an idea or a business or a concept uh, or you're just representing anything. You are, you are an ambassador of something, whether it's personal or at an organizational level. If you're intentional about how you want to show up, then I think the, the next step is how do you align your personal brand with this idea, organization, or concept that you're representing so that it is helping, it's not detracting uh, from the the broader effort, and and we we touch on that in this little personal brand assessment. It's real simple. It's it's an easy, quick tool to use, and you can find that at myelevatorpitch.net. And we've launched my elevator pitch, which is basically an opportunity for you to make sure that people can understand your idea because it's as we've said great ideas don't sell themselves but great ideas plus great communication equals momentum of that idea and you but it's not just the idea it's you you are the idea in many respects so you'll find that the the personal brand assessment at myelevatorpitch.net in addition to how you can leverage that tool uh, more holistically because it's not just about the personal brand but it's how you communicate that idea yeah that's fantastic i think it's really actually a, a great place to kind of land the plane um so just to recap some i mean what i heard right so we all have a brand um and, and that brands can be helpful human beings are organizing information in their brains every single day to make sure that they are safe and that they can access information they need when they need it so that's the reason why i want to catalog a brand like Jiffy in my in my, my, my brain for peanut butter when I'm in the grocery store. It keeps things simple for me. And the last thing is that our personal brand is bigger than our appearance. It's bigger than um, how we look. It's our reputation. It's how we make others feel. Um, it it kind of goes before us. It's what we're known for. And the last part about it is you can impact this. And we have a fantastic tool. Um, I had a chance to kind of go through the personal brand assessment myself. And and it really kind of put me back on, on my game a little bit and saying, hey, Kevin, you have to go back to where you were early in your career and just be as intentional as you can be because that it matters. It matters. And, and so there's a great opportunity for you. If you go to myelevatorpitch.net, if you join the waiting list for the product, if you fill out you know, the form on our site, you will have this personal brand assessment given to you immediately. It walks through the three components that David has kind of helped us all understand and help us you know, evaluate our personal brand. This brand intention, this brand perception, and this brand calibration, how you align your brand. I think it's a special sauce, really, in many ways, because most people don't think about 
how they are being ambassadors for what they're representing. I know I have not been as mindful as I should be at all times, and that was really helpful for me. So I hope it's helpful for you as well. I have one final thing. Oh, yeah, please jump in there. I have a clarification from Cole, who, again, is currently in geometry. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> Johnny Menzel didn't drop it as in Walk Away. He dropped it like a record album. So he actually dropped a clothing line today. So it actually is in existence. So, But I would say, Johnny, if you're listening, which you're probably not, I'm not so sure that's a great personal brand. But anyway, I wanted to clarify. It actually is happening now. All right, so can we play a little game as we wrap up? Sure. Who is somebody that you think does a great job of having a personal brand that reflects the organization, the idea, the product that they represent? That's a great question. I would think, uh, pretty obvious, but Howard Schultz, to me, just represents, you know, he just, I feel like he embodies customer service. When he recently said we're pulling our products off of Amazon because we want to bet on the in-store dining experience. And I think um, the fact that he has invested so much of his life of trying to help his employees and with insurance and all that, I think he embodies a lot of that. Yeah, Got well, somebody, Kevin? You know, I mean, I'm actually drawing a blank. I mean, I think about there are people who might do some of these pieces really well. I mean, obviously, I think entertainers are typically required to do this well in many ways. And they do the calibration part really well. I think they're mindful of, of who their audience is in that regard. But I don't know if I necessarily always respect the brand. I just know they're they're very intentional about it. So that one, that's actually a good, I mean, I'm actually somewhat stumped um, when I when I think about that. So I'm actually going to have to come back to the audience about that one because that's, Think. I, I'm going to do one that's that's rather easy for me, um, but we talk sometimes about Chick-fil-A because we have, um, several of us have had Chick-fil-A connections. To watch our founder, Truett Cathy, and he's now deceased, uh, passed away just a couple of years ago, but to watch the way he lived his life and how the organization basically took on his personality, their wow. core characteristics – he was always generous. It was just part of his hardwiring, and he wanted the organization to be generous. He wanted the organization to be others-focused. Uh, the, the way he showed up, the way he always tried to have fun and engage with people. Some of you have been – Jeff, you've been around him. You see how he'd always go around, and he was passing out plush cows. And oh, absolutely. Everywhere he went, he had books. He had um, little gift cards, Chick-fil-A gift cards that we called be our guest cards that he was handing out. Uh, he just personified the brand. It was not an on or off thing. It, it was hmm. – this, this is the beauty of it. It was totally whole. And integrated um, who he was at home, who he was running errands, who he was at work, all one person. Hmm. And so that's been a, even if my brand is different than Truett's in some way, he had a wonderful example, but I, I think it was a great example of how you're just true to who you are. And, and even today, uh, after his passing, I think the brand really is an attempt to to capture the essence of who true it was. That's awesome. Well, I'm sure many of us who are listening to that, something we can all aspire to, to say, what does it mean for someone to look up one day? And for those who are close to you and those who are a little bit removed from you, I think that's, and that's probably been a big part why I'm, I feel a little stumped. I mean, working in the industry I've worked in and getting up close with some of these personalities everyone knows and loves, um, well, think about Dave Ramsey. Uh, you were you worked for Dave for a long time. I, I really did, and 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 the thing about it, and I, and I think I mean I think that's the, that's the ironic part, right? Is that because and I'm just being transparent and I'm just all respectful, of course, but the reality of it is 
he is a personality and a communicator in that way. And when I, I call I call him Uncle Dave when he's not around because he is kind of like the uncle you always wish you had because he's like going to shoot straight and he, he loves you, but he believes in tough love, right? And he personifies that on the air as well. But he's an introvert. And so when people meet him, they expect him to be over the top and in their face. And it's like, no, I'm actually a really reserved, quiet guy. And sometimes what we what we present may not be who we are in our personality, even though the personal brand is congruent with who we are offline or, or maybe when we're off stage. And so sometimes when I, when I hear the word whole, that's inspiring because it says, I am who I am. And yet when you interact with me privately or, or from you know some position on stage, you get the same feeling. And I think that's pretty powerful. And I mean, I mean, Oprah, Dave, Tony, they're all who they are. And I think that's for those who, who like what they represent, you're going to be greeted with something you're going to be really pleased with on the other side because they are the same person. There is totally correlation with what you think of them. But to say whole, I love that. That word just has a different meaning to me that says something about spirit as well. It just goes so far beyond anything we might think from a professional context. So, well, I hope you got something out of this conversation today. I know I did. If you would like more from this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe. You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, tune in, pretty much wherever you get to your podcast, you can access this information. Um, we also have summaries of every episode. So if you are saying, man, they, they've referenced this book or this person or or, or, or even uh, this personal brand assessment, where do I go find that again? If you go to launchyou.net, that's our nice abbreviated way for you to remember it, launchyou.net, you will actually find summaries of this episode and every other episode as well. So we've done all the hard work of capturing the notes for you so you can just work out, drive your vehicle, and don't worry about trying to capture any of this down. And lastly, we'd love for you to actually tell us what you think about the show. Um, we are really committed to you and your success in your career, in your business, in your life. And we can only do that effectively if you give us feedback. Uh, we talk about feedback being your friend, and we believe that. Even if it hurts our feelings a lot, we'd love to hear what it's like to be on the other side of us in this context. And so help us help you in this way by leaving a rating or review on iTunes. And um, hopefully go check out the personal brand assessment. We believe your idea is powerful. It can change lives, your solution, your product. But we do not want you to be the person in the way of your idea. Challenges are going to arise in the marketplace. They're going to come from other places. Don't let yourself be that challenge. So how do you do that? Become aware of what your personal brand is like and figure out how you can start to get on the road of improving it and getting it where you want it to be. So go to myelevatorpitch.net and you will have access to that today. Well, thank you for listening. And uh, Jeff, David, thanks for joining me. Great to be with you. Thanks, Kevin. Absolutely. And we'll see you next time on the Launch University podcast. Thanks for listening to the Launch University podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.